and the manifestation is there. Just like that. Just like that. Now, that, that doesn't mean there aren't things that we aren't going to have to stand for and believe God for. I'm not saying that. It doesn't make any difference if you stand two minutes, five years, whatever it is. As long as you've prayed and asked him in line with his will, you have it. You have it. It's something to rejoice about. It's something to rejoice about. I, I prayed this last week with a lady out of state and. I did not know this young man, and um, it was a situation she, she knew about her friend. It was her friend's brother. So she asked me to pray, and we prayed. He was having um, um, heart problems. He blacked out, and so um, he's 40, 41 in his 40s. I've never met him, don't know anything about him. But um, we went, we got into prayer and stood in his gap, in the gap, in his gap, stood in the gap. <clears throat> and um, they were getting ready to do, um, they were going to go in and do a thing in the heart, whatever that's called. They were a scope. They were going to do a scope, and they were, um, there was two things they were going to do. They were doing a scope, and they hadn't come, and they hadn't come, but we'd been, we had interceded about it. And finally, um, what happened was uh, they came in, and they said, well, your heart, your heart is, you got a good heart. We're not going to do either one of those tests. And so they didn't do, oh, his heart, his heart was out of beat. It was uh, irregular. There you go. But anyway, they were, they were going to go in and do that scope and they were going to shock him. 41 year old man, 41 year old man. Anyway, we interceded. And so that's what I like. They came in later that day and they said, we're not going to do either one of those tests. Your heart is fine and it's beating right. And so the nurse, the nurse said, it's really nice when the Lord intervenes, said to the young man. So also in prayer and intercession, um, I just picked up that he was ripe to hear more about the Lord. He's born again, but he hasn't been walking in it. You know what I mean by ripe? That means he was ready to hear more about the word of God and about God and about walking in line with God. So I shared that with the lady that we were, I was praying with, and so... She had sensed that too, and so we ended up, um, she made a contact with him, and he's willing to sit down. He's uh, probably out of the hospital now, but he's, he says, yeah, I'll sit down and talk to you about the things of God and what I can do to make my walk better. And so to me, that is exciting when we can pray. Because see, intercession, intercession, you can get a healing for somebody that's been uh, um Whatever they've been walking in, you can get a healing by going and standing in the gap for that person. You can. There are some people that will never get healed unless somebody stands in the gap for them. I'm serious about that. I mean, there's ways you can get your healing, but there's some people that will never get a healing unless somebody stands in the gap for that person. That's serious business. You know, that's serious business. So the church has a responsibility. You have a responsibility to do what God has asked you to do. You have a responsibility. And that biggest one is pray. See, he's told us to pray. The disciples asked him. He's told us to pray. He said, if in 1 John 5, 14, 15, this is the confidence that we have if we ask anything according to his will. We know he hears us. And if he hears us, then we know we have those things we have asked of him. Amen? It's just that simple. But the devil likes to tell us that it's not. 
he likes to tell us that, well, you didn't get that when you asked, but you, you want to tell him, you know what, you've lost because I know I have the victory. And if I've asked according to his will, then I have it. So devil, you have to take a hike. Don't torment me about it anymore. You leave in Jesus name. You have to do that. You have to hold your ground like we've been talking about. And right now, prayer is so important and so vital. Prayer is so important, but it's the church's job. See, God, God made this so neat. He just really, he really did. He sent us the Holy Spirit. So the Holy Spirit helps us to pray when we don't know how to pray. But a lot of times we're praying in our prayer language. We hear from the Lord what to pray. We hear from God what to pray. When we pray in our prayer language. God tells us what to pray about a situation. We hear his will on the situation. And then what we do is we, we pray it back to God. We pray it back to God. We pray his will for the situation that nobody knew what the will of God was. But when, but the Holy Spirit, let's look at Romans. Huh? I, you know, when I come up here, I do not know what I'm doing. I mean, I'm not seriously... I, I look at my notes. I got five pages of notes. And huh, five pages of notes. And then um, I'm going, okay, I don't remember what's on what page. And it doesn't matter because whatever comes out of my mouth is what we're having. And so I just, I just, I come up here anymore. I just kind of quit trying to figure it out and let the Lord lead. Amen. And that's what we want. We want to hear what God has to say about it. But he's really on the move where prayer is concerned because it is the lifeline. Like I said last week, it is the lifeline for the church. It is the lifeline. It is the lifeline for the church corporately. It's the lifeline for you personally. Amen. In the church, when the church comes together in agreement, it is going to move a boulder. It's going to move a mountain. If it's just one person praying, you can do something. But if you got more than one praying, we're going to be able to move mountains, boulders, whatever we have to move to accomplish God's will on this earth. Amen. So, see, God has a will. God has a will, but he's left it to the church to do. And if the church doesn't pray, which they haven't been doing, I'm not talking about you guys. But if the church doesn't pray, it's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. The church, this is the time frame when the church has to wake up to what they've been called to do. And that's to pray. Pray, 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 pray. And if you don't like to pray, then get busy and pray. <laughs> you know what I mean? That will change your heart in prayer. If you don't like to pray, just get busy and pray. Tell your flesh to shut up and sit down and pray. Amen? Amen. I, I can remember, I would like to get back to this, but I can remember where Dick and I would pray all night long. we just pray all night long. And, um, and that's really fun. It's, it is fun. <laughs> it is fun, guys. It's fun. <laughs> it's fun. <laughs> okay. Well, anyway, Romans 8. <laughs> it is. It is. It's really, I mean, you are accomplishing so much when you can pray all night long. Most of the time it's for you, but... Anyway, okay. Oh, I, I got to say something else too. I'm just trying to say what I hear come to me. You know, when you're praying in your prayer language, some of you probably experienced this, but you don't know what to do with it. When you're praying in your prayer language, you kind of, on the inside, you hear this, like somebody's groaning. You hear like somebody's groaning and they're really sad. Give voice to that. 
You know how you, uh, when you got baptized in the Holy Spirit, you heard, the, you heard your prayer language? You gave voice to it and it came out of your mouth? When you hear that deep intercession, that groaning, that, and it won't make sense. Does your prayer language make sense to you now? No. Well, this isn't going to make sense either. I mean, you've heard me do it. But, but some of you probably got on the edge of that and you heard that, but you just didn't know what that was. And, and you, but yield to that. Let that groan out. Let that travail out. Okay, let that groan and travail out. It's just the Holy Spirit groaning through you, and you guys are working together to accomplish something big. Amen? So let it out. Okay, we'll go to Romans 8, and that will help you understand a little bit. Romans 8, 26. So you'll have to excuse me. That is not the first thing on my page, so I might have to be going back and forth a little bit. But so too, verse 26, so too the Holy Spirit comes to our aid and bears us up in our weakness, for we do not know what prayer to offer, nor how to offer it worthily as we ought, but the Spirit himself goes to meet our supplication. Remember I said the Holy Spirit will take hold together with you to pray out his, God's perfect will in the situation. Now there's, you, can, you can bring something before him, a prayer request, and he's going to take hold together with you. Or he can burden you, and then he's still going to take hold together with you. But it, you're praying his perfect will in both those situations. And one is you approaching him, the other one is he telling you, we got to pray about this, you know. Remember I told you about the submarine that, that was in the, down in the ocean, and they couldn't get it to come up, couldn't get it to come up, and the mom, mom was over here in... Um, the states and she had a burden for her son and she started praying and interceding and praying and interceding and groaning and travailing and and she got a release remember i told you last week how you know when you have a release when you got she got a release and so she found out later her and her son connected and it was the same time the submarine came up that she got a release in the spirit realm from praying about that situation so there are big things that god will ask you to do if you're available to do them for you for him, they're, they're just just amazing things that God wants to done, okay? And you don't have to be in the same room to get a burden to pray for somebody that's in Iraq or a Christian that's being tortured in China or whatever. You don't have to be in that same room. You just have to hear what the Holy Spirit wants to do and then be willing to do it, be quick to do it. And the sooner you're quick to do it, the more he's going to give you to do. And that's a praise the Lord. That means you're a willing vessel to serve him, okay? Oh, let's not, man, we, I'm not done here yet. Just a minute, Lord. Okay, verse 27, what? 26. So too the Holy Spirit comes to our aid and bears us up in our weakness. For we do not know what prayer to offer nor how to offer it worthily as we ought. But the Spirit himself goes to meet our supplication and pleads in our behalf with unspeakable yearnings and groanings too deep for utterance. It's all groanings. Your prayer language, your prayer language is a groaning. It's, it's something you don't understand, correct? It's unspeakable. So your prayer language is a groaning. It's just that there is a, you can go deeper with that. And that's that travail and that deep intercession that you hear me do. Okay? Verse 27. And he who searches the hearts of men 
no knows what is in the mind of the Holy Spirit, what his intent is, because the Spirit intercedes and pleads before God in behalf of the saints according to and in harmony with God's will. The Holy Spirit is always praying in harmony with God's will. That's why I can say when you pray in the Spirit, when you pray in the Spirit, you you hear the English come up, you hear his will for the situation, then you pray it out in English. Pray it out in English, okay? So then what happens when you pray it out in English? Let's look at Psalms 103. Psalms 103. And a, and a, a lot of these scripture verses I, I, I've used in the past for different reasons, but God's heart is, come on church, pray. God's heart is, come on, church, pray. Not, I mean, we should be too, but he's wanting the church to, to stand up and pray and take your position in prayer because it's the only way anything is going to get done. He wants his kingdom here and his will to be done here, and it's the only way that is going to happen if the church stands up and speaks out and prays out his will. Then, see what Psalms 103, Psalms 103 does. Verse 20, bless the Lord, you, his angels, mighty in strength to perform his word, obeying the voice of his word. The angels move on the word of God. So when you're praying the word of God out, just know you've got a whole host of angels that are going to deal with the situation. Going to deal with the situation. Isn't that amazing? Isn't that amazing what goes on in the spirit realm that you don't even see? But see, you're a vital part of it. You are a vital part of what happens because it's going to be your mouth that's going to speak it out so that the angels can move on it to bring it to pass here. Is that clear? That's good. That's clear. Okay, so hey, where are we going now, Lord? Okay, let's just go to James then. Back to James. Back to James. So far, we haven't talked about what I thought we were going to talk about, but it's okay. James 5, 16, the last part of 16, James 5, 16. Therefore, confess your sins to one another and pray for one another so that you may be healed. The effective... Fervent, I'm going to put fervent in there because I think King James says fervent. Okay, the effective fervent, you know, I've told you what that word fervent means. It's hot boiling prayer. It's hot. It's boiling. It's zealous. It doesn't matter what's in the way. If I'm praying about it, it's going to move out of the way. It's going to move. That is my, that is my, that is my, um, that's what motivates me in prayer. Whatever I go after, it's going to move out of the way. I'm not putting up with it any longer because, see, I know God's will in the situation and I'm going to get it to move. I am going to get it to move because of the words I speak. But then God gets the glory. Amen? But I'm going to go in there. It doesn't make any difference. When I say go in there, I'm talking about prayer and standing in the gap for whatever's going on. But when I do that, I have such a tenacity. You know how a dog... You know, a dog maybe that hasn't eaten for a couple of months and you give him a piece of meat. Do you think you can get that piece of meat back from him? <laughs> no way. That's the tenacity you have to have. 
when you're going into prayer. It can't be a, oh, hum, Lord, just bless me. You, you can't have that. That, <laughs> that was cute. Anyway, you can't, you can't, you can't, you can't do that. You got to go in there and use your authority. You tell the devil to get off your finances. He doesn't have a right to not to be able to not. Um, he doesn't have a right to steal your blessing. Amen. He doesn't have a right. Okay, so um, so the effective, fervent prayer, that's a hot boiling prayer. That's the type of prayer that the church prayed that got um, Peter out of jail. Not, I know, I'm not talking about Paul and Silas. I'm talking about Peter. Peter was thrown into jail. Remember, we talked about this last week. Peter and uh, they had just killed James. And uh, he thought, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to do this to Peter. I'm going to kill Peter too. And I got a feather in my cap. Well, he didn't, he didn't know about the praying church, the church that was praying fervently, the hot boiling prayer that the church did. He didn't know about that. So they did that. And Peter was released, walked away and they were rejoicing over what God had done. But you know what? That wasn't God's will for Peter to die yet. That wasn't God's will. And when you know what God's will in the situation, you go after it just like a dog would if he had not eaten for two months and he needed that piece of meat and he wasn't going to let you have it. That is yours. That is God's will. I'm going to grab a hold of that in prayer and it is mine. I am not letting go until the manifestation comes and God gets the glory. Amen. Amen. I'm not letting go. And that's what I, when I go into prayer, when I go into travailing prayer, that's the attitude I have. That is the attitude I have. Anything that you have need of that you know God has promised you, whew, and you, have, you ask him for it in prayer, you have that attitude. It is mine. I am not letting go until I have the manifestation of it. Amen? You kids, you young people in school, you know, maybe there's a situation that you need to pray about. Take these principles and put them to work in your life. Get the devil off your friends. Get the devil out of your school. (laughs) Amen. Amen. So, okay. So the effect, I haven't finished this. Okay. The effective fervent prayer of a righteous man is miraculous in its working. I think that's amplified, but it's miraculous in its working. Amen. The effective fervent prayer is miraculous. Just like that young man, you know, it was uh, totally going this way. And then the effective fervent prayer of a righteous man is miraculous. And it went that way instead. Amen. It went that way. Totally healed. No, we don't need to do any tests. Hmm. Okay. You've got a good heart. Hmm. Okay. God, it's nice when God intervenes, the nurse said, but praise God. Praise God for that. That's what the church is able to do. You have been given the ability. The weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they are mighty to the pulling down of strongholds. And in that young man, there would have been a stronghold of, of sickness and disease. If, if, if there hadn't been somebody stood in the gap, he would probably have gotten an agreement with them. The test would have been whatever would have happened to this young man. Okay. Now he's going to hear more from about the word of God and, and his life is going to change even more. Let's look at first Kings. Uh, the effective fervent prayer and see, and that goes on there in um, James and talks about Elijah is a man like us. He's a man like us. Amen. He's a man like us or a woman, whatever you want to say. Um, anyway, he's, he's just like us. He's no different than we are and what he can do. We can do. Amen. 
What he can do in prayer, we can do. I saw that early on. If he can do that, if he can pray and the rain stops, then I can do that too. If he can pray and the rain starts, then I can do that too. That's the attitude we have to have. And that's kind of where I was going. We have to have the attitude of victory. The attitude of victory. When you go into, see, you are, you are in a war. The weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but he suited you up with all kinds of armor and he's giving the weapons. Okay, so we are in a war. But when you go into war, do you go in with the idea, I don't know if I can win this battle. You don't go in like that, do you? You don't go in with a defeated attitude, do you? If you're going someplace, let's say you're going to get a loan, are you going to go in where, with a defeated attitude? Are you going to go in, Haha, this money's mine. You know, you go into that same thing in prayer. You go in, I have the victory. The victory is mine. And I know it because God is with me. He said he'd never leave me or forsake me. He is with me in this battle. We're going to look at some of those scripture verses. But he said he'd never leave you or forsake you. He is with you in the battle. Amen. He is with you in the battle. Okay, so Elijah, let's look at 1 Kings 19. um, 19. Nope, that's not right. Okay, it's 18, I'm sorry, 18. 1 Kings 18. Um, and that first part there, uh, let's see, if you start with 37, that's just where he was dealing with the, with the Baal worshipers, and he prayed, and fire came down. Remember that whole story? That was another place where he prayed, but he knew his God, and he knew what God's will was, and so he asked, and that fire came down. I mean, he, he knew already what God's will was was to defeat the Baal worshipers. And so he, what he did was he went ahead and watered <laughs> where, where, the, where the sacrifice was to be taken. He went and watered it all down. But he already knew what God was going to do. Amen? He already knew. So that isn't, that isn't what I was going to talk about in prayer. But anyway, he, he asked the Lord, he says, I want you to do this, and you know, where he was calling fire down. I want you to do this. So this will bring you glory. It's going to bring you glory because they're going to see that God is God and not the Baal gods anymore. He says it's going to bring you glory. So so he went ahead and he did that. And of course, then all those Baal worshipers, they were all slaughtered. They were all brought to nothing. And then he told, look at verse um, where he, verse 40, he sees the prophets and they were brought to the book and slew them. Verse 41, now, and I'm in verse, I'm in chapter 18. Now Elijah said to Ahab, go up, eat and drink, for there is the sound of the roar of a heavy shower, heavy shower. He heard that. It wasn't doing that then. But see, this is a good example of where you can hear it in the spirit realm first. And then he prayed it out. Okay. And then verse, um, verse 42. So he told Ahab, you better go eat and drink and get down because I hear the sound of the roar of a heavy shower. So Ahab went up to eat and drink. But Elijah went up to the top of Carmel and he crouched down on the earth and put his face between his knees. Verse 43, in his face between his knees, I would have to say he was birthing. I mean, I've mentioned this before, but you know, women, women, that's how they do birth. 
Well, I don't know about the new day thing, but anyway, how they do it. I didn't do it that way. Let's just put it that way. But anyway, verse 42. So Ahab went up to eat and drink, but Elijah went up to the top of Carmel and crouched down on the earth and put his face between his knees. And he said to his servant, go up now, look toward the sea. So he went up and looked and said, there is nothing. And he said, and see, his servant came back. I don't see anything. So he sent his servant seven more times up there. Verse 44, and it came about at the seventh time that he said, behold, a cloud as small as a man's hand is coming up from the sea. And he said, go up, say to Ahab, Ahab, prepare your chariot and go down so that the heavy shower does not stop you. So see, he heard the rain, but then he, he travailed it in. He birthed it in. The birthing process in the spirit realm, in, in the spirit realm, is real similar to the birthing process in the natural, when you birth something in in the spirit realm. Um, there's travail, there's groaning, there's, but you're birthing uh, things in in the spirit realm when you do that. It is the same as in the natural realm. So Ahab, or um, um, Elijah, birthed that manifestation of that rain in. And it didn't take him, he didn't, he didn't get discouraged the first time the, the servant came back and said, I don't see anything. He didn't get discouraged the second time. He just knew that he had already heard it and it was God's will for it to happen. So he stayed on it seven times. He stayed on it until the manifestation happened. Is that all, all clear? You understand how that came about? Okay, so he stayed on that. Um, let's see. Well, um, hmm, okay. Didn't think we were going that way. Okay, let's look at Isaiah 66. Isaiah 66. Hmm. I think it seems like to me that God's taking you a little deeper in the understanding of intercession. Um, and so it's not anything to be afraid of. Just like praying in your prayer language is nothing to be uh, bothered about or afraid of. If you're afraid of that, it's not praying. Praying your prayer language is 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 normal. <laughs> it's normal because we are a spirit being, and in our prayer language connects us with our spirit father. Amen. It's a normal thing. It's a normal thing. Um, you might start hearing more of it since the the. Um, Judge, yeah, since Judge Barrett is being, um, she she pre- prays in tongues. So I don't know if they'll ask her. We don't know, uh, but um, you might start hearing more about that kind of thing. Um, but it's all it's all good, and if we pray, it, it's all God. Amen. Okay, so um, I was at Isaiah sixty-six, verse eight. Verse 8, just one, one here without going into a lot of detail. Who has heard such a thing? Who has seen such things? Can a land be born in one day? And that, to me, that's yes. Can a land be born in one day? Can a nation be brought forth all at once? And that is yes, if you're doing the travailing prayer. Then as soon as Zion travailed, she also brought forth her sons. Zion there is the church. As soon as Zion, as soon as the church travailed, the sons were brought forth. That, that travail 
That travail happens when you are uh, praying for people that are not born again. The travail happens to bring the sons and the daughters forth. Okay, let's look at Galatians 4.19 then. (coughs) Galatians 4.19. And this is Paul. Galatians 4.19. My children with whom I am. This is Paul talking. My children with whom I am again in labor. King James says travail, I believe. Who I am again in labor, in travail, until Christ is formed in you. Until Christ is formed in you. So Paul prayed the first time for them to get born again. And then he was again in travail. He was again in prayer and travail until Christ was formed in them. And that's the thing that you see, you know, praise the Lord. We can, we can pray in the church. You know, we have new people come and they get born again, but the church needs to stay on it, stay alert and pray until Christ is formed in them. Otherwise we lose them. Otherwise we lose them. So you get, you pray and you get, they get born again. But we have to, I mean, there's things that we can do in the natural to help them. We can sit with them and, and, you know, help them understand scripture. There's things that we can do in the natural. But um, Paul prayed again until Christ was formed in them. And so so those things um, have to happen. The church has to be doing the the travailing and praying. Okay? Amen. So um, Paul said, my children, whom I am again, whom I am again in travail or labor for you. And so I can look back on situations and I see, I can see him praying for someone. Uh, and again, it doesn't matter how much you see, but you know, it's God's will to travail, to bring them into a, a greater revelation of who Jesus is in, in their life. It's the church's job to pray. And sometimes you can see little bits and pieces Sometimes if you're praying for somebody you're not around, you, you don't know it. But you just listen to the Spirit and pray when he tells you to pray. That's why I go to Ephesians six eighteen. Thank you, Lord. Appreciate you telling me what we're doing. <laughs> Ephesians six eighteen, And this is where we have been camping out is the, is in the armor of God. But 618 Ephesians 6.18, with all prayer and petition, pray at all times in the spirit with this in view. Be on the alert with all perseverance and petition for all the saints. Remember, I've told you in the past few Sundays, all the saints. How can you pray for all the saints when there's saints all over? It's that prompting of the Holy Spirit, that burden of the Holy Spirit Hearing their, hearing their name come across your thinking. It's those promptings that we pray and we intercede. We're on the alert when we hear them and we, and we lift that up, that situation up according to God's will and pray for that person. Whatever you hear in the spirit realm for that. Okay? And so we pray with all prayer. And, you know, we've talked about this before. All prayer. There's all kinds of prayer. There's a prayer of praise and worship. There is the... Um, uh, oh, um, prayer of faith. There's there's a prayer of binding and loosing. There's a um, um, let's see. Help me, somebody. 
prayer of agreement, prayer of agreement, prayer of praise and worship. What did you say, Pat? Prayer of intercession. Yes, why would I forget that one? Okay, all those prayers. <laughs> all those, there's all kinds of prayers. And a lot of times, all of them, all of them are happening in one prayer situation. All of them. You know, all of them. You can break them down, but uh, all of them are happening in one prayer situation. So all prayer and petition, pray at all times. Whenever you get a burden or knowing that you're supposed to pray for somebody, be quick to do it. And with this in view, be on the alert. Pay attention. Be on the alert. I can be on the alert and still be teaching up here. I'm on the alert on the inside. Well, I'm here and I'm supposed to be teaching. But anyway, I'm on the alert. (laughs) You know what I mean? So because I am a spirit being first, because you are a spirit being first, that's how you're on the alert all the time. You, your mind is transformed to the fact that I am a spirit, I have a soul, and I live in a body. You are transformed to that. That's the way you think. That's how you see. That's how you see other people. You see other people after the spirit, not after the flesh. That's why it's easy to love people. That's why it's easy to forgive them. Because you see them after the spirit, not after the flesh. I think that scripture verses in Galatians 5, if I remember right. First part of five ahead of 19. So we look at people after the spirit, not after the flesh, because God sees you after the spirit. If God saw you after the flesh, would he like what he saw? No. No. But he sees you after the spirit. He sees you after the spirit. So that's how we should see people after the spirit, not after the flesh. Okay, somebody needed to hear that because I emphasized that. And that wasn't my message. But anyway, with all prayer and petition, pray at all times in the spirit. And with this in view, be on the alert with all perseverance. We've talked about that quite a bit. That's that dog. No, that's that tenacity of the dog. And petition for all the saints. Amen? Amen. So our, 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 um, as, as the more I've looked at this, this last week, the more I've looked at this, we're, um, our, 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 our big weapon is prayer. Our big weapon is prayer. When you think about it, we use the name of Jesus in prayer. That's above every name. When you think about it, we use praise and worship in prayer. Praise and worship God inhabits our praises. When you think about it, um, in that prayer and, 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 in the armor that's ahead of that, that talks about the armor, there's the, that our feet are shod with the gospel of peace. See, if you're walking in peace, you're going to hear what God tells you to hear and how to pray. If you're walking in peace, you're a mighty force against the enemies of darkness. Amen? You are. And so peace is, is, another, is another weapon. But if you, if you are in care and anxiety, do you think your prayers are going to go anywhere? No. You need to be in that place of peace. In faith with God, okay, and so, um, so, so a, a lot, a lot of our weapons are right there that we use in in prayer, okay. So our big arsenal, our big um, bombshell, our big cannon is prayer. That takes them out, takes them out when we use when we pray in this, when we pray. You see, you have been. And that's what Paul was saying. You have everything you need. To be a mighty force in prayer. You've got the armor of God. And you've got the weapon. Which is the word of God. You just need to know how to 
use your weapon and when to use it. And he'll bring a scripture verse up in your prayer time to use against the enemy. He will do that for you, especially if you're just starting out. If you're just learning, if you're just starting to walk in some of these things. But do not not pray. Do not not pray if you don't think you know enough. Oh, my goodness. Do not not pray. Is that the is that right? <laughs> okay. <laughs> so pray. <laughs> so pray. So pray. If you don't know only two scripture verses, do not let that stop you from praying. Please pray. Please pray because God's grace is there to say, okay, you're going to go this far in prayer. God's grace is there to meet your need and to help you with that. And once you see the victory, then, oh man, we're going to go, we're going to go 10 feet this time. We're going to take more ground, more territory for the Lord. Amen. That's what we're supposed to do. We're supposed to be taken back what the enemy has stole from us. And he should never have been able to steal it from the church to begin with. The church should have known what they should be doing in prayer. The church should have known about their weapons. The church should have known who they are in Christ. The church should have known that greater is he that's in me than he that's in this world. The church should know those things so that we can step out and be that uh, weapon of war. Amen. That warrior for the Lord. Okay, so um, so the armor we have all we have all that armor and we've talked about most of it, but we just need to be able to uh, uh, put those all to work. The breastplate of righteousness, you know, if you're in right standing, I've talked about that before. If you're not in right standing, you've got a hole in your armor. Forget about trying to. You're going to get hit from the enemy. Uh, your feet need to be shod with the gospel of peace, walking in peace, you, you know, and standing firm against the enemy you can stand firm against the enemy if you know what god's will is in the situation it doesn't make any difference he shouldn't have the right or know how to push you back if you know god's will you stand firm against him and use your authority to know i'm not moving you are amen that's that's the attitude you have to have in prayer i am not moving you are you get off of my territory you get off of my finances you get off of my body you get off in jesus name god has provided everything god has provided everything everything that pertains to life and godliness he has given it all to us so you're either going to occupy and possess the territory if you don't you're going to have to get it back eventually If you're going to walk in healing, you're going to walk in life, you're going to walk in wholeness, and you're going to walk in peace, you're going to have to deal with the enemy. He cannot steal from you anymore. You you enforce his defeat. You use your authority in Jesus' name. And all of it is prayer. All of it is prayer. All of it is prayer. Amen? Amen. Okay, so we're we're going to look at all these notes we're passing up. (laughs) We're going to go back here to knowing that you have the victory. And um, I just want to hit a few of these scripture verses. You know, uh, all of those guys, Jehoshaphat, David, Joshua, they all, God told them all what to do in prayer. They all knew what to do. They obeyed him. And what they get? They got the victory. They got the victory. The walls of Jericho came down because Joshua did exactly what God told him to do. The only reason he knew what to do is because he took time before the Lord. He sought the Lord and heard what God said to do. So he got the victory. Jehoshaphat, same way. Things didn't look real good, but they took time to pray and seek the Lord. And the Lord gave them a plan. And they implemented the plan. And what they get? 
the victory. They got the victory in it. Amen? Okay, and so, um, uh, and David, uh, you know, with Ziglag and, and, and wives and children, and they've been robbed and stolen from, everything was gone, and they wanted to kill David. You know, you've heard this story before. But you know what? David, what did he do? He encouraged himself in the Lord. He sought the Lord, and he prayed, and God told him what to do, and God was with him. He never left him or forsake him, but he went right with him and told him, get him back. Go get him back. I'm with you. Go do it. And so, so we have that, we have that same, um, with us, you know, when, when God tells us to go take back what the devil stole from you, take it back, take it back. It's yours. Take it back. Take it back. Amen. He's going to give you the plan. He's going to show you what to do. Um, let's look at, um, First Corinthians 15, and we'll go through these probably kind of quick. I may even just tell them to you so you can write them down. First uh, Corinthians 15, um, verse 57. But thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. See, Jesus paid the price on the cross, the death, burial, and resurrection, and that gave us the victory. That gave us the victory as long as we implement what he tells us to do. What he has said in his word, then we have the victory. Amen? Okay, and so um, we can look at um, 1 John 5, 4. 1 John 5, 4. That says, um, you might want to write these down because I'm going to kind of fly through them if you don't get there fast enough. 1 John 5, 4. For whatever is born of God, are you born of God? Are you born of God? Okay. Okay. So whatever, for whatever is born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that has overcome the world, our faith. So if you're, if you're born of God, you have the victory. And if you believe that you have the victory, that's the, that's the overcoming part of that. Amen. Okay. Um, Okay, let's look at um, 1 John 4, 4. We're right there, so just look over at the other side of the page. And this is one that I never knew the first part of that. I always just said, because greater is he that's in me than he that's in this world. 1 John 4, 4, you are from God, little children, and have overcome them. You are from God and have overcome them. It's because you are from God. It's because you are born of God and you have already overcome them. But it's because you are born of God. Amen? Okay, and then um, um, Jeremiah one nineteen. Um, I'll just kind of I wrote that down. So if you want to turn there, you can. But they will fight against you, but they shall not prevail against you. For I am with you. I am with you, declares the Lord, to deliver you. Amen. He is with us. And there's so many places where he, he will not leave you or forsake you uh, that you can find. In Revelations 12:11, they overcame by the blood of the lamb and the word of their testimony. Why is the word of their testimony so important in that? Because it lines up with God's will. 
be overcome by the blood of the lamb, which you see God has already dead death, burial and resurrection of Jesus Christ. We already know it's already been given to us. So what we need to do is we need to proclaim healing is mine. We need to proclaim that enemy is defeated. We need to proclaim the, uh, the, the things that God has given us that he said in his word. Amen. Amen. The devil knows the devil knows the blood's been shed, but are you going to enforce the defeat of it? Are you going to enforce his defeat? Are you going to speak it out? We're overcome by the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony. Amen. Okay. And so, um, Matthew 16, we'll, we'll, we'll end. We'll end there. I think Matthew 16. Matthew 16, verse um, 18. Something I, I saw as I was reading this this, this morning. Um, 16, 18. And we can start with 17. Blessed are you, Simon Barjona, because flesh and blood did not reveal this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. Of course, you can see what he revealed to him, that he, that he was the Messiah. Verse 18, and I also say to you that you are Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades of hell shall not overpower it or overcome it. So the rock here is not Peter, even though, even though in the, when you go through the Vatican in Italy, they've got this big rock, and it's worn where everybody's tried to touch the rock. The rock there is Jesus. Okay, the rock is Jesus. And anyway, it says, and also I say to you that you, Peter, and upon this rock, I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not overpower it. So those things, when, when our rock, when we are on that solid foundation of Jesus as Lord, enemy has no place. Enemy has no place to cause defeat in us. Amen. 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 God is so good. Prayer is your, your ballistic missile. To bring about God's will for your life. Amen. God, God is so good. God is so good. I, I know we're going to pray for um, Devante. Cavante. Cavante. We're going to pray for Cavante. He was attacked by a dog this morning. And so, um, Father, we just extend your faith. Add your faith to this prayer. Father, we just uh, lift up Cavante in Jesus' name. And we ask you, Father, for a, a quick healing, a quick recovery. In the name of Jesus, Father, we speak to the trauma. We rebuke the fear. We command the trauma to go from him in Jesus' name. We command fear to go in Jesus' name. And we just lose the healing in the memory and the emotions. We lose the healing and we lose the healing physically to quickly repair his scalp and his head. In the name of Jesus, we command the swelling to go down and we command the life of God to flow in Jesus name from the top of his head to the tip of his toe in Jesus name. And we thank you, Father, for that quick recovery. We call him healed and whole in Jesus name. And everybody said, amen, amen, amen. amen. If you need prayer for anything, just feel um, it's okay to come up here for prayer. Um, you're always free to come up here for prayer. I always hate to say that. Feel free. Anyway, you're always free to do that. So God is good. Thank you.
appreciate you all coming. I will be gone next week. Um, uh, we are going to meet in Gatlinburg, all of us. All of us. Me and <laughs> Rich and Nat and, and um, Rochelle and I believe Mr. and Mrs. Wall. Um, we're all going to be in Gatlinburg next week. So um, um, it will be fun. I haven't seen them since... Um, July, middle of July. So that'll be good. Be good. Fun time. Um, things are pretty much in order for next week. Please come and support those who are ministering. Um, that would be good. And I will be back on the 25th. Uh, the prayer schedule that was handed out, um, I took it clear through the election. So we'll be, um, so that we know, um, everybody knows what's going on, but I don't have to keep announcing it. So those are the times that we'll probably pick up the pace before the election and we'll rejoice after the election. Amen? Amen. Father, we just want to thank you right now for your will and your plans and purposes being done on behalf of this country, on behalf of, of um, our president. Father, we divinely ask you to protect him and his family. We thank you, Father, that you give him supernatural wisdom and understanding. We ask you to do that and understanding how to outmaneuver any, any enemy attacks in Jesus' name. We ask you, Father, to continue to bring to light the things that are hidden in the dark, to expose those schemes and tactics that would be trying to um, steal this country from the church. We won't allow it. We use our authority. We tread upon serpents and scorpions. We break the power of religion. We break the power of socialism. We break the power of communism. In Jesus' name, we command it to go for our country in the name of Jesus. We command it to go in Jesus' name. And we just lose life. We declare Jesus is Lord over this country. We declare his lordship in Jesus' name. His Lordship in Jesus' name. And we thank you, Father, for the victory. And we give you all the praise and glory. And everybody said, Amen. 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 Amen.